This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 107-inch. On this week's episode, we interview Funko employee Sarah Shearer about her work on the Weird Al Funko Pop figures. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Well, a big thank you to all of our listeners for helping us celebrate two years of the podcast. It was so fun listening back to last week's episode and getting to listen back to last weekend's concert it was like memories <laughs> upon memories listening to last week's episode i was really digging listening back to the entire concert and i was getting a kick out of listening to all four new versions of our <laughs> theme song our amazing dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird out podcast theme song ethan which was your favorite version that trevor did Oh, I, I mean, it was so tough. I even liked the stinger, that bonus one at the end where it was not even a real one, but it was still kind of one. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut that one. I'll cut that as number five. Ah, it was so hard to decide. I think I liked the pop version, though. I just really got into that, and I can see that being an actual theme song. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think I enjoyed the pop version the best as well. I enjoyed them all, but I yeah. definitely enjoyed the pop version. <laughs> Although I would like to see us with a old country western version of our song <laughs> <laughs> as like the official song at some point. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Well, when we reboot the podcast, that'll be in contention for one of our new theme songs. OK, great. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we have another new version of the theme song that we can put in contention as well. Oh, this is so cool. So. Just this past week, we heard back from our friend and episode 94-inch guest, Ryan Barna. He is the amazing music and technology historian who recorded Weird Al and Dr. Demento on Wax Cylinder. Well, he has taken it another step, and he has recorded our theme song by the amazing Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West onto Wax Cylinder, and then played it back for us to hear and it is pretty stinking majestic. <laughs> oh, it sure is pretty stinking majestic. Ever since I was a little kid, it was my lifelong dream that Weird Al's guitar player would write a theme song for my podcast, even though I had no idea what a podcast was. And then eventually that theme song would be recorded on Wax Cylinder. Oh, you too? Wow, what a coincidence, Dave. <laughs> We're excited. We will be premiering this on an upcoming episode sometime soon. We're going to tell you all about it. We'll tell you a little bit about the process of how he recorded it, and we will premiere it as well as another recording that he put on Wax Cylinder for us. So stay tuned for an upcoming episode for more information on all that. Well, Ethan, I know you've listened to our theme song multiple times on Wax Cylinder over the last week, but what else did you do? Uh, Well... I can't really tell you yet. Ethan, we're friends. You can tell me anything. No, uh, it's it's just, it's not, it's not time yet. Oh, why not? You can share it with me. Well, because we haven't officially started this week in Weird Al related news. And now you just started it. So what did you do? Well, Dave, on Thursday, May 13th, you and I were in attendance for the live recording of Weird Al's interview via Zoom 
on Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. Yeah, it was really cool to be there. And I know you and I were not the only Weird Al fans there. There were over 200 people in attendance, including some of our close personal friends, past guests, and listeners. Now, Gilbert's co-host on the podcast was Frank Santo Padre, and this was not the first time that Weird Al was on the podcast. As Gilbert and Frank mentioned in the podcast, Weird Al was a guest on the podcast once before back in 2014. One of the benefits of going to a live Zoom performance or recording is you can actually scroll through the participants and see who else is there. So, I spotted immediately that Sam Levine was in attendance. He's, of course, he's an actor from Freaks and Geeks and Wet Hot American Summer, and he's the co-host on Kevin Pollack's chat show. And I've actually met him before. I interviewed him on my old radio show. So it was really cool to see him there. And I knew he was a Weird Al fan. Well, Ethan, you know... You do not actually have to be at a Zoom concert to scan the audience and see which celebrities are there as well. You can do that in an actual physical building as well. Just wanted to point that out. Oh, I'll take note. Thank you. <laughs> well, actually, I was doing the same thing and I was scrolling through too. And I saw that Jay Levy was there. And of course, Jay Levy is Weird Al's longtime manager and, you know, the director of the UHF movie, as well as the director of many of Weird Al's music videos. Yes, that was so cool. Now, this is also really cool. This is a really fun thing. There was a fantastic author in attendance who Weird Al fans and collectors are either very aware of or should be aware of. Of course, the one and only Ray Padgett. He's the author of Cover Me, the stories behind the greatest cover songs of all time. It's this really fantastic book that goes through cover songs and even spends a chapter of the book discussing Weird Al and his polka medleys. It's very cool. Definitely very cool. Another book to add to any Weird Al collection. And, Ethan, the event was even hosted by none other than the comedian and Weird Al super fan, the person who behind all the Alcon fan conventions, Amanda Cohen. Yeah, how cool was that? <laughs> Now, she works for Nowhere Comedy Club, and she must have been so surprised when they said, hey, you're going to be running a show with Weird Al, who <laughs> they probably had no idea her connection was so great to Weird Al. It was such a nice surprise to get to hear her voice introduce the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, take us to the event a little bit, Dave. What were some of your favorite parts? A lot of the podcasts had Weird Al and Gilbert sharing stories of them working with a lot of people. Most of them who, coincidentally, maybe, were deceased, like Robert Goulet, Joe Franklin. There were a whole bunch of them. Thanks to suggestions submitted from our listener, Eddie Schmidt, we got to hear a whole, whole bunch of these stories. Oh, yeah. It was really cool getting to hear Al talk about these actors and, and other celebrities that he's worked with that, yeah, we knew he'd worked with them, but we never really got to hear any full story. So that was very cool. And you did mention Joe Franklin. I do want to point out to, you know, our eagle-eared listeners that Al actually sang just a very short portion of the song for Gilbert and Frank in the listening audience. So that was great. I'm sure our friend Mike Minnick enjoyed that part. It's always nice to get to hear people talk about Joe Franklin. He seems like he was such a fascinating gentleman. Yeah. And Al even talked about how he wasn't super familiar with Joe Franklin, but his manager, who was in attendance, Jay Levy, was a big fan and, and really urged him to go on the show. So that was very cool. Now, Dave, let me know if you also noticed this, but, you know, all of the podcast fans and, of course, the co-hosts seem to refer to Gilbert by Gil. And the co-host name was Frank. 
and they spend an awful lot of time talking about Weird Al. So I'm just wondering, what else are they stealing from our podcast? Well, I believe Gilbert Gottfried's amazing Colossal Podcast has been around a little bit longer than Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, but it's possible that they've been inspired by us just a little bit. I have to imagine that they must have some time-traveling situation. Maybe Jackson is working for them. There's no way that those three coincidences would just happen to happen. And now that you mention it, Gilbert, or Gil as they called him, did seem a little bit chill. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Dave, I don't know about you, but I think the highlight of the entire interview was it was near the end. And, you know, Gilbert jokingly was like to Al, so you do song parodies? And Al, like, very quickly (laughs) goes, so you do poorly timed tsunami jokes? (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, Gilbert was famously let go from doing the Aflac duck voice for a poorly timed Twitter joke about tsunamis. And (laughs) it was just so perfect. There were a lot of great points in the interview where Al was really able to just be himself and shine and be super funny. I thought he was fantastic the whole time. Well, I've got to assume that they're eventually going to release this interview on Gilbert's podcast. So stay tuned for that if you were not there at the Zoom recording. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on another thing. So when you bought the tickets, there was an opportunity to buy the VIP ticket. And I was curious. It didn't say Weird Al was going to be there, but just in case, I decided I would get the VIP. And I'll tell you, Dave, Al was not there. <laughs> well, he wasn't advertised to be there. What were you expecting? Well, you know, just in case I wanted to be there. <laughs> but uh, I did stick around. So it ended up being a Q&A with Gilbert and Frank. And it was very, I guess I'll just say to be polite, interesting seeing some of the, <laughs> the comments and questions that their fans were asking them. I already mentioned the highlight of the interview. So, Dave, I'll share my highlight of the VIP experience. (laughs) And that came near the end. You know, in Zoom, there's like a button you click to raise your hand and like a little emoji hand is on your picture. So, of course, that's how they were doing it. That's how, you know, people were clicking the emoji button to raise their hand. And that's how they knew who was asking a question. So they go through all the people with the emoji button. And then they're getting ready to wrap up and Gilbert and Frank are like, oh, wait, well, this one woman, she's been raising her hand the whole time and she didn't click the button. She literally for like an hour had her actual hand raised. Oh, wow. (laughs) She she obviously like wasn't really understanding how everything went. So they're like, okay, we'll put her on. So they put her on and, you know, they pin her video so everyone can see her. And she starts talking and Gilbert and Frank are like, uh, sorry, ma'am, we, we can't hear you. And she's like doing all these things, like trying to unmute it. No matter what she did, at least five minutes went by of her trying to unmute. So then people are like, just type out your question in the chat and we will ask for you. And she like shakes her head and she grabs a piece of paper and she starts writing on the piece of paper. And it takes her like, you know, at least a minute. And she finally holds up a piece of paper. And I wish I remember what it said. But it wasn't a question. It was just, like, a couple words. And (laughs) Frank, like, read it out. And she, like, nodded, like, really excitedly. And he's like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually Gilbert was like, oh, is that a a movie starring so-and-so? And she, like, got excited and, like, started nodding. And it had nothing to do with anything. She just told them a movie title. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was her big thing and it it took like seven minutes and i was just laughing the whole time it was the best <laughs> well i hope she was trolling them and <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> that would be a great practical joke to play on somebody you gotta admit it though <laughs> yes that is, that would be great <laughs> so it sounds like the vip experience wasn't quite what you were expecting oh since weird al didn't show up no, because you didn't mention that there were any digital refreshments. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com or wizardburger.com and order ahead. You're right, Dave. It would have been a whole lot better if there were digital burrito burritos at the (laughs) VIP event. So Jackie alerted me that Sunday's New York Times, the daily podcast, again featured the fantastic reading of Sam Anderson's article from last year's New York Times magazine. I'm so glad that we have people like Jackie in our lives because I also got texted by like half a dozen people letting me know. And I very politely was like, yes, that is the one from last year, but you should listen to it. So hopefully the people (laughs) who texted me actually went and listened to it because It is not only a fantastic article, but the reading of it and the emotion behind the reading is just so perfect. So highly recommended and congratulations to Sam for his article yet again being in the news. Yes, it definitely is a great article and a great reading of the article, and it definitely deserves the attention it got and the attention that it still is getting. Yes, and and also last week there was a new trailer dropped for the long-awaited The Sparks Brothers documentary by Edgar Wright. And the documentary featured none other than Weird Al Yankovic. We absolutely cannot wait for this documentary to come to theaters next month. It's going to be awesome. And Weird Al actually shared a clip from the TV show The Masked Singer, where the Russian nesting dolls shared a clue that they were inspired by their friend Weird Al, saying that he's literally given us great direction yes as soon as i saw that clip and before i even knew it was revealed to be them i knew it just had to be al's pals hansen and of course they were later revealed to be the mass singers russian nesting dolls now i know at least one listener of our podcast who must have been excited to see that reveal Uh, yes dana b had just called in about it being hansen day the other week Well, Dana, we're not quite interviewing Hanson this week, but we do think that you and the rest of our listeners will absolutely enjoy this week's interview. Dave and I are very excited to welcome to the podcast. She is an employee that has worked for Funco for over five years, and we are so excited to chat with her. She is a creative scheduling coordinator. Please welcome Sarah Shearer. How's it going, Sarah? Hey, good. How are you? Great. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. So first off, can you tell us what is a creative scheduling coordinator? What does that job entail? Yeah, totally. So what I do at Funko is basically uh, analyze all of the data coming in for all of our products and then um, schedule out assignments to the various art departments. So 
The departments that I specifically work with are our creative services team, which does all of the renderings for products. Um, And then our, yeah, and then our design team um, and our packaging team. So those three teams, I kind of assign out, you know, all of their schedules for the week, um, as well as kind of looking at due dates, looking at approvals and kind of adjusting stuff from there. Oh, cool. Seems like a project manager type role. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, which is funny because I actually was a project manager at Funko up until last year. Um, when I moved over to the creative team. So I've had a, I've had a very extensive background at Funko, <laughs> <laughs> wearing a lot of different hats. <laughs> and so you've been there for a little over five years? Yeah. How cool. I can imagine just myself, I've got such a collector personality and I, I love pop culture. Like I can just imagine it's a cool place to work and, and cool product to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. When I was a kid, like my my whole dream was to work at Nickelodeon. Um, I really wanted to like work with the slime and, you know, being a little <laughs> kid, that was like a goal. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of cool that, you know, I grew up and I do work on Nickelodeon products and, you know, we get to work with all that kind of fun stuff that we liked as a kid. So it's a yeah. great place to work, you know. I never thought I would go to work and like be in a building where we have slides but we do have wow. slides that go floor oh. to floor. <laughs> wow. That's so pretty fun. Wow. It sounds like your job's almost like something a kid would say. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to work at a toy factory. <laughs> it's like, you do. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. It 100% is. Oh, so cool. Wow. We have a bowling alley in the basement. Um, and we have a video arcade and... So we have like ping pong tables. Our CEO loves ping pong. Um, so we have like a whole row of ping pong tables. So it it really is like just a, like a Chuck E. Cheese, but, you know, sometimes you have to do work too. <laughs> yeah, how much fun that must be. I can't imagine. There's got to be like just all these toys all over the office and you and just it's got to be fun. And I was taking a look at, I've never actually been past your building, but I was taking a look at the building on uh google maps and it's got like funko pops outside of the building (laughs) yep yeah we have giant statues i think they're probably like six or seven foot tall statues um yeah they're huge they're on top of the building um so when you're parking in the parking garage and you're walking through the employees go through sky bridge they're kind of like eye level with you it's kind of freaky um but when you're you know down on the street you're you're looking up at these cool statues wow and how often do those characters change um since we moved into that building i think we've only changed them out one time um i don't know if there's yeah i don't know if there's any plans to like continuously change them but I know we've definitely swapped out a few once. Yeah. Oh, okay. And are, I just have to ask, are any of the statues of Weird Al? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> so I understand you actually were involved in some way with these Weird Al Funko Pops. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I've, I've been at Funko for just over five years, and... Um, when I first started working at Funko, I was hired on in our licensing department. Um, so I was actually like negotiating deals and, you know, kind of smaller deals, but I was still negotiating a deal 
Um, I was working directly with our CEO and our licensing team. Um, and so one of the things that I, like, I had these couple goals in mind of products that I wanted to see happen while I was there. One of them being Weird Al, of course. So I thought, well, maybe if I just say the name Weird Al enough times, like, somebody will hear it and then we can sign the licensing deal. So I think like talking around our CEO, I said weird out probably a hundred times. Um, just casually, I would like, I would throw it out there like, you know, weird out. And, you know, eventually it came across my desk. We were signing the weird out license. Like, yes. Um, so I kind of wow. like bought our department to be able to handle the account. So I got to talk directly with Jay uh, Levy and um, find the licensing deal for, for Al, which How is awesome. amazing. I was so, <laughs> wow. so excited. I got to send samples to his house. I was, you know, over the moon. <laughs> about wow. <it. laughs> and so that was really cool. So we, we have a ton of questions about the pop and the process, but it sounds like you were a Weird Al fan before even working at Funko. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been a lifelong Weird Al fan. I, uh, growing up, my, my mom and I would go every time Weird Al released a new album, we would go to Tower Records and like, we had to get the album like that day it came out. <laughs> and so it kind of became like a little family, <laughs> a family thing. We would go find the new albums and we would listen to it until the, you know, CD broke in the car. And, you know, he's been a part of my, pretty much my entire life. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, so my mom was a huge fan of Dr. Demento and, um, you know, that whole scene. And so it's just been a whole part of my family, which is cool. Um, I've seen him probably 20 plus times. Wow. Live. How awesome. Um, wow. <laughs> it's a lot. But <laughs> yeah, he he used to play at the Orange County Fair a lot, um, which is kind of where I grew up. And so he would do these like five day at the fair and we would go every single day because it was like free with admission. Wow. So we would just go to the fair <laughs> and then go weird out at night. So, yeah. you know, yeah, he's been a huge part of my life, which is weird, but, <laughs> you know. Not to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, that is so awesome. So what was involved with actually getting Weird Al signed on? Did he approach your company? Or do you think your CEO, how you're hinting at him a hundred different times, did he approach Weird Al? You know, I think we approached him. Um, and I think we approached Jay directly uh, and kind of negotiated it that way. I, know I, I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to tell people, but I know at one time we had wanted to do an exclusive pop with his tours so we were gonna just have one specifically that he could sell on tour I don't remember why that didn't work out um but I know we got two kind of you know uh easily available pops out of it um yeah yeah which is great um but yeah we approached him directly I never got to talk to him until I actually met him so it was all done you know very professional through like management and, you know, through actual like legal paperwork and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't like I got to call him on the phone or anything, which was a bummer, but, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we approached him um, and the deal went through really smoothly. Everybody was really excited to work on it. Um, and then we produced the, the two figures, which is great. 
Yeah, so the two figures there, for people who might not be familiar, one of them is of Weird Al in a red Hawaiian shirt holding an accordion, and the other one is Weird Al in his costume from the Fat Music video. Now, what was the decision behind going with those two variations of Weird Al? Um, I think when it comes to anything Funko, we try, because it's all very similar in the style of like square heads and round eyes and we try to find the most unique looks. And so when you're thinking of Al, you think about a Hawaiian shirt and an accordion, you know? So we wanted <laughs> right. to make sure that we had his, like, his signature look. Um, and then additionally, I think it was FYE that reached out to us when they found out we were doing a Weird Al figure and they wanted their own exclusive. Um, so they actually came to us with the idea of selling him in the fat. Um, which was fun. I know there were some challenges trying to sculpt that figure because um, it's a little awkward looking being like fat, but like not fat. So right. um, I know there were some challenges, but it came out great. FYE was super happy with it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got two great figures out of it. Now, you personally, as a, a lifelong Weird Al fan, are there any designs that you wish also could have been created? initially talked about doing him in the eat it outfit with like the red leather jacket and stuff oh um but i think i think there was some weirdness around the leather jacket and like legality with michael jackson so we kind of stayed away from that um what is another one that we we're gonna do i know there was another one we were gonna do but i can't think of it right now well i'm sure dave and i can give you our wish list uh, <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we would love if there was a hundred different variations because we think the the Weird Al pops are really cool, and we are collectors, and we just love anything Al. But I think first off, I would love to see a modern Al without the mustache, without the the glasses. I think that would be really cool. I'd love to see an Amish Al, you know, a Dare to Be Stupid Al, you know, a Coolio Al with the mm. the crazy hair. I think would be really cool. <laughs> i'll put in a plug for i'd love to see a smells like nirvana version of weird al yeah oh that's a good one yeah. <laughs> i like that a bald gump al would be cool <laughs> <laughs> white and nerdy i like that yeah i would love to see al with like holding a twinkie wiener sandwich like in his little yes. burger attire. oh yes yes That'd be a good one. Oh, oh I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, I'll dressed up like Big Edna from UHF. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, what do we have to do to get these made, Sarah? Who do we have to call? <laughs> oh, man. I think you're just going to have to tweet at Original Funko. Okay. Until they get in. <laughs> All right. Listeners, we can you do know that. what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, so I mentioned the the modern Al, and that that is one that you know I've talked to other collectors and fans, and we we really do want one of those because we're fans of both the classic look and his current look. And there's actually a figure that someone figured out: if you take their head and you put it on Weird Al's body, it looks like modern Al. The head is from Vivian Campbell from Def Leppard. So. <laughs> How do you feel about, you know, people customizing and swapping heads? What's your feeling on it? And what's the official company feeling on that? Yeah, I mean, my personal feeling on that is great. You know, there's something that you want to see that Funko hasn't made. 
what better way to see it than, you know, to do it yourself. Um, I think the, the official company policy is, is pretty similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we can't make everything. So if there's something you want, you know, and you're creative enough and talented <laughs> enough to make it, go for it. <laughs> I'm not talented. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Been rattling around in my head a lot more different options, and I just thought of one that I'd really like to see: Weird Al with a foil hat on him. Ah, <laughs> that's a good one. That is a great one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, there's a a Weird Al fan we know who has an Instagram page called Weird Al Funko Pop, and it's 170 posts of him just doing silly things with Weird Al Funko Pops, you know, switching the heads around, putting in different characters in there. He always has really great ones in there. I have to follow that page. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> I know you're kind of in the Seattle area. Did you happen to catch any of mm-hmm. the shows when he came through on the Strings Attached Tour? I did. Yeah, I was, <laughs> funny enough, I was seven and a half months pregnant, um, but we, we went to the show. It was awesome. I had to climb a lot of stairs. Not super awesome. But uh, yeah, it was was a great show. It was actually one of the last concerts I went to since I had our daughter. um, And then COVID happened. So, you know, obviously that's kind of on pause. But yeah, that was one of the last shows. Wow. Wow. It was a great one to to end the year off. Especially, yeah. Yeah. So Dave and I went to those shows and... There was nothing like hearing Smells Like Nirvana with a Seattle crowd. That was just really spectacular. Yeah, that was great. That whole show was amazing. Yeah. You know, I just, I love seeing the whole crew and seeing a big, huge band. That was amazing. <laughs> Love it. One of the backup singers, Monique Donnelly, she had an Instagram account that she essentially just ran for the tour. And it was called Adventures of the Little Al. And as she went on the tour, she took her Weird Al Funko Pop and took pictures at all the different venues and all the places they went. And that was really cool as a fan to get to see that. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love to see pictures that people can kind of come up with. We used to do a lot of um, photos where we would take Disney items and take them to Disneyland. And, you know, we get photos that way. Um, so I just love seeing, you know, stuff like that where these little figures in the real world (laughs) so that's really cool now are you a collector of funko pops do you have your own personal collection i do i do uh as i kind of touched on i used to be a project manager um at funko where i was basically developing a lot of our ad icons and icons and you know kind of people related items okay um and so as a, a project manager they you kind of I don't want to say are stuck with, but you kind of get all this free product. Um, <laughs> and so I actually have, <laughs> I have a garage full of about oh. three years worth of products that I, I helped develop. Wow. Um, so I have a lot. The, the only ones I actually have out on display are, um, I have our entire Back to the Future line. It's my favorite movie series. Um, I have it tattooed all over my arm. I'm a huge fan. Oh, cool. Um, and then I have all of our uh, Disney park stuff because I'm a huge Disneyland person. Um, and so I have a lot of that out too. Uh, other than that, I try to, you know, our house is a little bit smaller and we have a, a one-year-old. So I try to <laughs> not have <laughs> right. a lot of stuff laying around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do have a lot in the garage. <laughs> 
Wow. Do you have any idea just how many different variations of Funko figures have been made? You know, I recently heard that there are over 8,000 figures. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> and I, I got to imagine that there's collectors out there. I mean, they're the Dave and Ethan's of Funko Pops where they try to collect every single Funko Pop. Have you come across any of those collectors? Oh, absolutely. They're all super awesome. Um, usually a little more during the summer. And obviously when we're actually working in the office, we're all working from home right now. Um, but we have a line that forms outside of our store that's usually like a two-hour wait to get in wow. um, to the Funko store. Yeah, and there's a lot of fanatics that are regulars that, you know, they kind of start recognizing people. There's a side door when you're leaving Funko that I usually go out of to go to Starbucks every morning. And so, you know, I go out this door and I see the same people and you just kind of are like, hey, it's you again. <laughs> How's I do it? Um, you know, so there's a lot of fanatics out there. They're all super nice. They're all really awesome. Um, it's great. You know, we love seeing that kind of like family spirit that developed over these little figures. So it's great. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. I am curious about um, these chase figures that are out there. So some of some of the Funko Pop figures will have these special ones inserted where it's a different color or there's some sort of variation. What's the decision process behind figuring out which products do and do not get a chase variant? So it's pretty much dependent on our merchandising team um, and what they feel will sell and what they feel would make a good chase. So something that maybe wouldn't necessarily sell very well, be really special and coveted as a chase figure. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Let's see. <laughs> I'm going to have to think harder, apparently. Go to your garage. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking of, I don't know. I'm not thinking of one. But, uh, yeah, so they're basically, they have like, it's usually like a paint variant or a glow, or sometimes it's a partial sculpt change of the figure. Mm -hmm. um, so you have that kind of like, special chase that you're you're after i know a lot of them are at target um and kind of the big box retailers where you know the day that the item is released you can go out and you can just you chase it you know you just try to find it right um they are super super limited so it's hard but if you come across it you know you should probably just buy it because right. <laughs> they're so limited yeah <laughs> was there any discussion or thought about doing a chase variant for either of the weird al funko pops i think there was i think we were gonna do a chase for the hawaiian shirt version mm -hmm. um i don't remember what it was it may have been him without the mustache but i think we just do that in case we wanted to release that product in the future. Oh, okay. um, so I think we opted to not, but I think we did think about it in the very beginning. Oh, very <laughs> cool. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a great case though. Yeah. Oh, we would have been all over that. <laughs> <laughs> That's our life. It's chasing weird out stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hunt it down at every store. <laughs> I gotta find him. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So I'm just looking online at some of the prices that some of these Funkos go for, these rare ones. There's a holographic Darth Maul doll that goes for $6,660. And then Whoa. there's a couple others up there. Dumbo, Headless Ned Stark. Wow. Mm, yep. <laughs> some really serious collectors out there. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, they can go for a lot, which is, you know, kind of crazy, but... I mean, it's awesome at the same time to see how, how much people value these things. Yeah. Are there any perks of working for Funko for someone who's who works there that is a hardcore collector? Can they get some of these con exclusives or chase exclusives without having to wait in line themselves? You know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but no. Um, you know, we are very fortunate that we get the fun perks like the bowling alley and the arcade and you know, the slides and stuff. But, you know, a lot of us are just collectors like everybody else where we don't necessarily get that that kind of, like, special uh, exclusive. Um, we do wait in line, you know. We do pay full price. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are, you know, we are collectors just like everyone else. Oh. Sometimes you can find, like, like the, if the product manager is nice enough and she has a couple extras or whatever, Sometimes we'll be like, okay, here's one that I had extra. But for the most part, you know, no, we just, we try to find it like everyone else. Wow. wow. <laughs> one thing I will say about Funko employees is that they're extremely dedicated, you know, just like a Funko fanatic who doesn't work there. You know, we all love the product just as much as our fans, um, which I think is why we all put so much heart and, and soul into the product. Um, we just love it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got some specific questions about the Alpop. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is on the the one the non the the accordion and Hawaiian shirt one. On the box, he has gold glasses, but the actual figure has more of like a white or a beige glasses. Do you know why that is? I don't actually. I haven't heard that. I'm gonna have to look at the product now. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, so I guess my follow-up question is, are there any out there that have the actual gold glasses? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, typically what happens um, if there's that kind of error is that we usually receive some kind of feedback on our paint images um, a little bit later than we sent the packaging file to be printed. So hmm. sometimes there's like a small description that if they decided to change something at the last minute um but typically we catch stuff like that so i'm curious now and i'm gonna have to go look closer <laughs> <laughs> all right my other very specific question is we already mentioned how the fat version of al was an fye exclusive but i noticed that the international uh releases of those instead of the FYE exclusive sticker either has no sticker or it just sort of says, you know, exclusive without a store name. And I'm just curious about that one in particular, but also in general, the process behind the different stickers and international versus U.S. releases. Yeah. So typically when we have a U.S. released exclusive, it'll have uh, a sticker that kind of calls out where it's being sold. So, you know, obviously like Al has the FYE sticker. Yep. Um, when we're selling it internationally, we do usually sell like FYE exclusives to international customers. Um, so instead of having the FYE call out, it has, it usually has a little silver and red sticker that says like special edition. 
Um, And that's kind of how you know that it's an international version, but it's being sold somewhere else in the U.S. and will be like at a different retailer. So we do this a lot with like Target or you know, hot topic, mm-hmm. um, pretty much any exclusive. We the only thing we don't do it with, I think, is conventions. They would have their own like convention international sticker. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. And if it has no sticker, that's probably a mistake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So when you were sending these prototypes to Weird Al's house, what kind of feedback were you getting? And were there any differences on these prototypes that didn't make it into the final product that you can think of? Um, there wasn't a ton of feedback. I remember the process being really kind of easy. I think the only comments we had from Al was we had a little bit too dark of hair color the first round. Okay. Um, and so all we did was lighten up the hair color a little bit. Um, and I think that was it. Other than that, like, you know, he's really easy to work with. You know, sometimes we get the craziest comments from people that they want to, you know, they don't like the purple shirt that we chose. So they want a red shirt or, you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but he was so easy, you know, the product went so smooth that, you know, I don't really remember a ton of comments. Um, the prototypes that we sent him were pretty much the factory um the final engineered product so it it is what was in the marketplace and he was super happy with it which is great (laughs) we love when it flows smooth like that (laughs) (laughs) so does he receive it in the the box of the packaging or does he just get the solo figure he uh received it in the box with the packaging and kind of you know how you would see it oh very cool yeah so that means somewhere out there, there is a darker hair version of the Weird Al Pop that Dave and I need to track down. <laughs> if you can track that down, I will be amazed. <laughs> we have a couple friends who are also you know, major Al collectors, and at least two of them have some of the concept... I don't know what they're called, but I guess the the original pressings where it's like all white or it's all red or brown or something. What's the story behind something like that? Yeah. Uh, so that's called our, our prototype sample. Okay. And that's basically a 3D printed version of the figure before it gets painted. Um, so sometimes the factory will inject it with like a red plastic or a white plastic. Um, and I think the difference in that is just like the thickness of the plastic so if it's red i think it's a little bit harder than if it's white um but yeah those are extremely rare so if they have those i'm also very impressed (laughs) usually we only give we give those away for like um we do a thing here at san diego comic con called funko fun days and a lot of the prizes that we give away are like prototypes like that so those are extremely rare um, so kudos to them for finding us. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Very cool. Now I mentioned earlier the Vivian Campbell Def Leppard figure, and you can swap his head, and it looks like a modern L. And so I've noticed that some mm-hmm. some bands you actually see every member of the band, not just the main guy, like like we have with Weird Al. Were there was there any consideration, or is there any possible chance we could ever see a Bermuda, Steve J, Jim West, Ruben Valtierra, pop vinyl figure? You know, I personally would like that. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. 
I, my gut tells me we wouldn't see that. Um, but you know, I would ask for it. (laughs) (laughs) If I say that a hundred times, it'll happen. (laughs) Please do. Next time you have audience with the uh, CEO of the company, you've got a couple more names that you need to start dropping. Yes, I guess so. I'll get right on that. We'll send you a whole list. Don't worry. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what was that noise? Oh, I apologize. That usually doesn't go off in the middle of interviews. That is the noise for our official spatula hotline. Oh, you mean the 347 Spatula Hotline? The official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters? Yeah, that's precisely what it means. Uh, all right, well, while you're here, let's just check it out now. Hey, Dave and Ethan, it's your friend Jeff McClelland, and I had a question for your illustrious guest, Sarah. I've seen a number of pop figures with meat enhancements ones that light up, ones that are scented, others that glow in the dark. And I was wondering if you've ever considered making one that plays music. I can think of an artist you might want to try this with. (laughs) Thanks so much. Playing music. I don't think we have any that play music. Um, That sounds like an awesome idea. I think my life team would probably explode. But (laughs) that sounds awesome. (laughs) That would be very cool. I, 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 it reminds me of those, like, uh, from the 90s, like, hit clips or something, where there was, like, little 30-second samples. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fun. That's a great question. Thanks for calling in, Jeff. Yeah. 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 I love that. Uh, and I'm curious now about what Jeff said about the scented pops. I wonder what scent we could get for a Weird Al pop. Mm. that's a good question maybe twinkies twinkies yeah <laughs> or uh yeah potato or spams flavor <laughs> Ooh, spam i don't know about flavored though oh yeah smell <laughs> <laughs> well i mean, i think that's a whole i think that's a whole new category of funko pops yeah. edible f- funko pops yeah I think I'm supposed to advise you not to eat it. Okay. Please <laughs> don't eat your pop. <laughs> well, the, the obvious choice for the smell would be smells like Nirvana. Ah. <laughs> that is true. But then you get into a whole category of what does that smell like? <laughs> that probably smells like teen spirit. That's true. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if only there was a song we could reference that would tell us exactly what Nirvana smells like. Ooh, if only. <laughs> Sorry, I know that there's another line of Weird Al-related toys that your company produces. How familiar are you with the My Little Pony line of Funko toys and particularly the cheese sandwich figure? Yeah. You know, I'm not super familiar. Um, I didn't really handle a lot of this, but... I I actually looked it up and I didn't even know we made it. <laughs> but I was like, oh wow, this is really cool. And now I'm actually on a hunt to get one. So, oh, <laughs> thanks thanks for introducing me to something. <laughs> yeah, well, there are four that you have to track down. So there are two like large size ones. One is the regular looking cheese sandwich, and one is this clear, sparkly, uh, I believe, chase figure. 
and then uh, there are two mystery minis. One is a regular cheese sandwich, and one where instead of uh, the yellow fur, it's black fur. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> You've got a new mission. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to find those now. <laughs> yeah, they are they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love the little on the butt. It's yeah. very, very cute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. So we, we've spent a lot of time talking about the pops, but Funko makes a lot more than just the pops. So like we mentioned these My Little Pony figures and, the, you know, there's there's like Pez, there's all these crazy things. What are some of the products you work with or are you specifically working with just the pops? Um, so I specifically work with a lot of the pops. Um, I work with a lot of our, our new line called Snappy, which is a kid's line that you can find in like the toy aisle. Um, and it's basically like a mystery ball. And then when you open the ball, you get different parts of figures and you can snap them together. You can make cool. like... Um, a goat head with like a dolphin body or like, you know, a unicorn body with like a raccoon face or, <laughs> you know, there's all these different variations that you can make. I think they're actually endless. Um, at least that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just super, super cute. You know, I, I have a couple of them that I've been saving for my kid, but you know, they're adorable. Um, on top of that, we have a lot of new lines at Funko of uh, vinyl soda, which is a little like figure inside of a soda can. So you can oh, actually yeah. like pop off the top of the soda can. Oh, wow. You get your figure inside. Um, and every one of those items does come with a chase, too. So you can like kind of hunt out the chase. Oh, um, but you have to every open Every single it. one of them has a chase. You do. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So that one is super fun, and you'll have to track that one. Down. That would be cool for a Weird Al one, a, a, a soda pop for Weird Al. Yeah, that one would be really cool. And it would look really cute because it's a different kind of like stylized figure. It doesn't necessarily look like a pop. Right. Um, we have like Ghostbusters and like Nightmare Before Christmas and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they look amazing. I love them. Oh, cool. Um, we also do a lot of pop albums which I could see us doing a weird olive someday. At least I'm going to push for that. <laughs> uh, but it's basically a, a, a pop, a standard pop inside of an album sized uh, plastic case. Um, so then you have the all album artwork kind of in the back of the case. And then you have a pop that kind of references the album in front. So oh, we did cool. one with like queen. Yeah. They're super cool. We did one with ACDC um, I think Motorhead, Black Sabbath. It's really great. Um, and I could totally see us doing a Weird Al one of that. So, fingers crossed. I see, yeah, there's Weird Al's got 14 studio albums, so I could see you doing 14 different <laughs> variations of that one. <laughs> there you well, go. 28. We need a chase for each one, too, Dave. Oh, that's right. We do need to chase it. <laughs> And those soda cans, they sound amazing. I mean, obviously, the Weird Al one would have to be in a can of diet chocolate soda. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think the great thing about the vinyl soda line is that it's just so, they're all so classic looking. So you can take, like, I know we did a Pennywise, and you can take, like, you know, Pennywise is kind of an ugly, gross-looking clown, and we made him really cute. So... I just love that you can do that with this kind of line and mm -hmm. it just makes it so special. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be really cool. I mean, I'm just going to keep pushing Weird Al related things. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've seen that, you know, of course, there are Simpsons related Funko figures. Um, and not too long ago, you know, there was a Simpsons line of action figures that gave us two variants of a of Weird Al on the Simpsons. I would love to see Weird Al on the Simpsons as a Funko Pop. Ooh, I would love that too. I actually, I do own those action figures. They sit on my desk at work. Oh, cool. Um, they, I, yeah, I, I weirdly enough do have those. I have a whole, uh, on my desk at work at one side. So I have like three sides and one side is all Simpson stuff. And I have the two weird all action figures just sitting there. Oh, nice. So I, I also would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> It would fit right in. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to book a really long meeting with the CEO after this uh, podcast is over. <laughs> you got a long laundry list of stuff to go through with the CEO. Yeah. I've been taking notes. <laughs> okay. You know, so I'm diligently tracking everything that's been requested. Good. And, uh, you know, we'll get back to you. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Now, I am curious, you know, if someone like Dave and I wanted to you know, license our own Funko Pops. Is that something that an outside person like us could do? Or is it something where, you know, you guys need to decide on it for it to happen? I think, you know, it's something that that you could definitely do. Um, I know there's a lot of specifics around it. And there's obviously like a minimum order quantity and, right. um, you know, stuff like that. But I would say it's not 100% out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. <laughs> I mean, that's a no-brainer. Right? We were going to have to definitely have official Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast Funko Pops. I, I think that's definitely. a given. <laughs> and we will need a Sarah, uh, a Sarah Shearer one as well uh, in the series, of course. <laughs> yeah, w- one for each of our guests. This is, would be great. What's totally great right now is that if you visit our locations in Everett or Hollywood, um, you can actually make your own pop that looks just like you. It's a brand new um, feature that we have at both stores called Pop Yourself. Wow. So you can actually like go through a little line um, and they have a custom like face that looks like you with your skin tone, your hair. You know, we make all these different accessories. So like you can hold a little skateboard, or a little, you know, you can have glasses, you can customized um and then at the end you actually get your own box and they print your name on it so it's like your own custom figure oh is it an actual like plastic figure or is it just like a drawing yeah no it's an actual figure um wow but i know right now because of like covid and everything uh they're making it for you but i think the intention someday is for you to be able to put it together yourself how cool. Uh, but right now you, you can go to the store, they give you a little order form. Um, and then you kind of like peruse these little aisles and you write down, like, if you want, you know, this certain head with this certain body, you write down like, Oh, I want the body a one with, you know, head B two. And, you know, you kind of just peruse the aisles and you make your little figure. And then when you're done, you hand it to an employee and you have your own pop. How cool. Wow. 
That's fascinating. I might have to fly <laughs> out just it's for worth, that. Worth <laughs> One of the disadvantages of both Ethan and myself being here on the East Coast when all the fun stuff is happening out there on the West Coast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to come on out to either Everett or Hollywood, you know, whichever is more convenient. <laughs> I think both. <laughs> I say. Yeah, totally. Oh, how cool. Now, Sarah, you mentioned something earlier. I'm a collector of Weird Al stuff, but I'm also a collector of tattoos. And you mentioned that you had some really unique tattoos, Back to the Future. Can you tell us a little bit about your tattoo collection? Sure. Yeah, I do. I have a lot of tattoos. (laughs) Uh, I have, specific to Back to the Future, I have a hoverboard tattooed on my hand. Um, I have a flux capacitor, like, down my arm. Wow. Um, I have a lot of other nerdy tattoos. I really like the Beatles. So I have Sergeant Pepper drum on my arm. Um, I have the on Ringo's drum kit from Magical Mystery Tour. He's got like this little drawing of the word love. Um, and I have that on my wrist. Nice. Um, I have some Star Wars tattoos. Um, what else? I have a Johnny Cupcakes tattoo, if you know what that is. It's like a clothing brand from, uh, I think, Boston, maybe. Um, but I have his little like cupcake with crossbones on it. Okay. Um, I have a lot of weird nerdy tattoos. (laughs) I have Beetlejuice tattooed on my leg. Wow. Uh, Oh no. What else? I actually have, um, sideshow Bob and his brother Cecil on my ankle. Um, (laughs) because I really like the show Frasier. That's like my favorite show. Okay. And, but I didn't want to get like Kelsey Grammer tattooed on me because that's weird. (laughs) So I Do you know, are you the only person in the world to have a Cecil from the Simpsons tattoo? I I hope so. <laughs> I don't even know who that character I is. Probably not. Yeah, so in the Simpsons, he's only in like two episodes, but it's his brother. It's Sideshow Bob's brother, and he looks basically just like Sideshow Bob, except he has like blonde kind of like short hair but he really likes wine but like you totally know it's Niles Crane you know right but yeah oh that's amazing (laughs) yeah I have a lot of nerdy geeky tattoos on me well if you've never seen Dave's tattoos he has the best Weird Al tattoos ever Um, he's one of the first people to get Weird Al's portrait tattooed on so he has a uh, portrait and a signature for Al, Bermuda, Jim, and Steve on his legs. And I think you need to get wow. uh, some Weird Al tattoos. <laughs> you know, I think so, too. And I've been so, like, I don't know what to commit to because I like so many things about about Weird Al. So I had thought at one point about getting an accordion, like, tattooed across my wrist. Mm. Um, uh-huh. But I was like, no, because that's, like, you know, what if somebody just thinks I like polka a lot, you know? <laughs> I needed something, like, more specific. So I've been I've been trying to think, if you have any ideas, you know, I'm open to it. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll add a uh, an attachment in our list of Funko suggestions, <laughs> a list of tattoo suggestions. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I mean, the, obvi- the obvious choice would be, of course, the Weird Al Funko Pop tattoo. Oh, that's true. That is choice number one. I had also thought about getting, um, I really like Jurassic Park. So mm. I thought about getting oh. the Alapalooza um, album art, oh. like, tattooed on me somewhere. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a really little, cool. like yeah. T-Rex. <laughs> I still think yes, about that yes. one. That's a it great idea. It may happen one day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or the claymation version of Weird Al from the Jurassic Park video would also make a really cool Ooh. looking tattoo. Or Barney's that bloody head. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the little side, the little... Uh, bite out of the torso yeah would be really cool <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> i like that all right well we'll put together a list of yeah. uh, about 100 150 different choices for your weird owl tattoos and you can we can help you narrow it down i love it that sounds great <laughs> well this has really been awesome sarah thank you for chatting with us and, and going through all of this stuff and it's just so much awesome information and it really just goes to show that Funko is just a really cool company that sounds like they hire some really cool people. So uh, we're really happy to get to meet you and, and chat with you about all this. It's been my pleasure. Uh, it's been fun. Super fun. Well, thank you, Sarah, for all that great insight about the Weird Al Funko Pop and all the other Funko Pops that you worked on. And thank you to our newest Patreon supporter, Jeff McClellan, for helping us get connected with Sarah. Now, Sarah mentioned all of her awesome tattoos and wanting a Weird Al tattoo. So if you have any really fun ideas for her, share them with us. You can head over to group.2000inch.com or tag us on social media at 2000inch, and we would be more than happy to pass them along to Sarah. Dave, I mean, you are kind of the Weird Al tattoo expert. Do you have any ideas off the top of your head? Well, I still think the obvious one has got to be the Weird Al Funko Pop tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. Or what if she gets Weird Al, Jim, Bermuda, and Steve as Funko Pops all on her legs? Well, as long as she's got the space on her ankles, that's a good idea. <laughs> I was definitely thrilled to hear about these custom figures you can make in the Funko stores. We definitely have to go on a trip to Everett, Washington and or Los Angeles because that whole thing just sounds incredible. I totally want to get a Funko Pop of the co-host of my favorite podcast of all time. Oh, who do you want to get? Well, I'd love to get a Funko Pop of you, Ethan. <gasps> I was going to say I wanted to get a Funko Pop of a tarantula, but I suppose that I would want a Funko Pop of you as well, Dave. And it would be pretty cool to try and get Funko Pops of each of the band members. And, you know, maybe we could find a surgeon body and then stick Al's head on there. I mean, <laughs> there's so many awesome possibilities. Absolutely. All right. Well, listeners, besides the obvious ones of myself and Ethan, what would you get if you went to the Funko store in either Everett or Los Angeles and designed your own Funko Pop? Oh, I just had another great idea for a Funko Pop. You mean besides the pop of your all-time favorite co-host, me? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a bunch of ideas, so I'll just list them off for you. Okay, but none of them are going to be as good as me. Well, just you listen. How about Funko Pops of David Grant, Sheepdog, Dave Grant, Sebastian Shepard, Mr. Grant, MC Chalkskin? You do realize that... They're all the same person. And I want a librarian and a Conan the librarian. And what does that have to do with anything? Well, who else is going to put away all my copies of the ruins of our past book? Oh, well, good point. Any other ideas you got? Well, I'll definitely need to make all of the DJs that have guested with MC Chaushin on his debut album, Fresh Donuts, from just over 10 years and one month ago. Well, while you're at it, why not also get a Funko pop of... 
Potato. Potato? You know, the other co-host of the podcast, Are You Dot Coms. Oh yeah, the podcast, Are You Dot Coms, that David Grant hosts. Oh boy, now I'm just so excited. I cannot wait to get to a computer. Oh, to visit the Funko website? No, silly, to go to wolfinwool.com. I need to stock up on books and CDs and podcasts and t-shirts and... Not so fast, mister. Oh? This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota beautiful, it's also wet. Darwin, Minnesota is home to both Turtle Lake and Lake Darwin, which is also known as Darwin Lake. What's up with the multiple lake names? Well, Lake Darwin spans an impressive 162 acres, or an even more impressive 171 acres, depending on which source you use. Well, maybe the extra nine acres are actually affectionately known as Darwin Lake. Darwin can also claim Lake Stella, also known as Stella Lake. Now, technically, Lake Stella is located south of Darwin, but the Homeowners Association is located in Darwin proper via a post office box, so that counts. Oh, well, seriously, what's up with all the names? And since Darwin is the closest town, Darwin can also claim Lake Manuela. Let me guess, also known as Manuela Lake. No, Manuela Lake? What a stupid name! It's called Lake Manuela. Wait. Can't Darwin also sort of claim nearby Lake Washington, which is situated between the cities of Dassel and Darwin? Oh, I suppose you're right. Whether fishing or boating or swimming or drowning or calling bodies of water by multiple names is your passion, there's a lot to do in Darwin. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, we're able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Brito Brito, Angel Valenswell, and his son, David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant, and thanks to our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Jared, Jake, Kenneth, UH Jeff, Zeb, Allison, Blair, and Javier. And thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Jeff as well as everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise. We've got t-shirts, pillows, towels, fanny packs, so much amazing merch! Head over to shop.2000inch.com. And remember, right now, Patreon supporters can check out the Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode 1 centimeter and bonus episode 2 centimeter, the first two episodes in our special book series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, centimeter by centimeter through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Patreon supporters get to hear all of our bonus episodes early and everyone else stay tuned or, you know, join our Patreon family. Dave and I love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. So join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27 hour a day podcast hotline. 347 spatula 
Just type in those 10 digits and you might even hear your message on this show. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and incredible past guests, be sure to visit weirdowpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and keep up on new episodes, podcast news and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addicts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you once again to our guest, Sarah Shearer, as well as Jeff McClelland, and thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song, and thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably wouldn't exist without him. Also, a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, and always remember to gill and chill. Ooh, ooh, I thought of another great idea for when we make custom Funko Pops. And what would that idea be, Ethan? Well, we know we're going to get an Ethan Pop. We know we're going to get a Dave Pop. We should also get our intern, Frank. There's absolutely nobody who would ever buy a pop figure of our intern, Frank. No, 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 no. Of course not, Dave. You cut me off. I was going to say we should also get our intern, Frank, to come along and hold our bags for us. That is a great idea. That was David Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 107 Inch. The pretty stinking majestic place for polka parodies and plastic pops. Yeah, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. It's been, sorry, you can hear my daughter in the background. What is your daughter's uh, name? Her name is Weird Al.